fancy using terrain in an encounter to shock the players and give them a challenge in battle they'd never expect? Great, then this encounter's for you. Let's get going. Hey, Scott here from Vengerstex.com. Hope you're doing okay. Welcome once again to Vengers Realm, a tavern like no other, and to episode seven of my little podcast. In every episode, I'll lay out a little encounter I hope you think is pretty cool, an encounter you can blend into or just inspire your game sessions. Once we hit 15 encounters, I'm going to pull them all together into one digital card deck, and I'm going to give you that deck for free to use in your game. And as I hope you're picking up by now, every last one of these encounters is separate and can be picked out at random or by scanning them until you see one that will fit your next session. I've been building this deck together with you as subscribers, so some might feature my own, but way more cool is the fact that the better ones have been inspired by you. If you've got an idea for an encounter you'd love to show off in this deck, one that would leave you pleased as punched at the thought of folks across the multiverse playing it out at the table, then please, Hit me up at Vengers Decks on your favourite socials and together we'll work it in and I'll make sure to attribute you in the card with a link of your choice. I wanted to apologise first for the lack of episode last week. Uh, to be honest, right now I've been totally swamped and my poor little brain's been trying to focus on too many things at once. So for my mental health more than anything, from now on I'm going to try and release episodes as close to fortnightly as I can. I hope you're okay with that. So before we begin this episode, I wanted to ask for a quick favour. So I've been running this 100 subscriber giveaway on YouTube. Some years down the line, I'd love to look back in this and remember where all this began. Small, humble beginnings and all that. But I've been finding it pretty tough to make some real noise and build up the numbers. And right now we stand at 42 souls on the YouTube channel. Now to me, that is beyond amazing. I can't thank you enough, everyone who's joined me so far. But my real aim, I think, isn't just to build a snazzy deck of encounters that we've all collaborated on. My real aim is to build a strong community, a spirit of collaboration and sharing around it that lives on beyond the deck. This is why I've opened up the Vengers Realm Tavern on Discord, which is growing every week with some really amazing folks. We've now got a barkeep and channels buzzing with tabletop chat, DMs and GMs sharing tips and stories and photos of their games players fine-tuning their characters' mechanics and backstories. And very soon, there's going to be something awesome announced that's really going to take the tavern into another plane. So if you're up for helping grow this community, please share this video, hit retweet or like if you see my posts on the socials, help spread the word about my 100 subscriber giveaway, and head on over to the tavern using the link in the description. And I look forward to seeing you there. Right, so let's talk about this new encounter. Up until now, it's been all about social encounters. Although I'm sure that in the ones to come there will be plenty more non-combat scenarios to confuse and delight your players, I wanted to share with you something I've been working on in the last couple of weeks. Something I really hope to spend some more time on in the weeks to come. See, the thing is, this new encounter card we'll be talking through today is not actually going to be added to the Vengers Realm deck. The reason for that is that this new card is going to be one of five new encounters in my brand new mini deck and map pack, my third pack that I'll be releasing, and which should hopefully be perfect if you're running a game in the likes of Barovia with Lord Strad, or in any place you'll find a dark undercurrent and you're in need of something extra to invest the players in the setting. If I can pull the finger out, I'll have this new pack ready pretty soon, 
But I wanted to share this first card and map with you because you've done so much to push me along this far. So it's basically as thanks for your support. Okay, so as usual, we'll read it through and then rip it apart until it makes sense. Okay, so here is the first encounter card. It's called Watch Your Step. And the hook for this encounter is on a track in the midst of dark woods, a thick fog reducing visibility to a few metres. The party spots ahead a bridge over a stream. The fog parts, revealing a creature of your choice of menacing, hostile demeanour. Crossing the bridge or moving from the stream. There may be an opportunity to hide in the trees or seek peaceful resolution, or it may end in battle as the creature doesn't move forward for much. The party will know at this point that the stream is deep, the banks slippy with mud, the woods are dangerous, and the options for alternative routes are limited. The creature appears to be acting under the control of another, its eyes unfixed, and is hell-bent on halting the party's travel. And the dramatic question is, simply, what will the party do? Turning to the conflict in this encounter, in the event of a battle, there are two issues to be faced by the party. First, the creature, even on its own, bears a prowess of similar magnitude to that of the party. Second, the terrain on which the battle occurs has been disguised by arcane magics, an illusion which hides from view a number of large holes dug into the earth. Use the second map provided for this encounter, the one with the big holes in it. Should the party approach the creature, which is aware of the hole's location, there'll be every opportunity that its members fall into the traps, which will each only be revealed if fallen into, or whatever the party tries successfully to do to peer through the illusion. And the resolution? The creature will be defeated or not. Whatever happens, perhaps whatever or whoever has been controlling the creature appears on the scene having been watching from a distance, keen to discuss the party's plans. It may transpire, of course, that they were responsible for the illusions experienced by the party. But why are they so interested in the party? And finally, in the twist, another interesting thing about illusory terrain, of course, is that, like normal terrain, it may well have layers. And so, the holes having been revealed, perhaps after this battle or following any discussion with whatever has been controlling the creature, something else previously hidden from sight is revealed, like a huge sinkhole or something moving underneath. Okay, so that's the new encounter cards, which for, I think, obvious reasons are called Watch Your Step. I don't usually run pre-written modules, but right now for one of my groups, I've been running Curse of Strad, which so far has been a total blast. And my brilliant players will definitely recognise this one, as it's a little encounter I sprang on them after the party had just met the big fella for the first time. And as Strad melted deviously into the mists after that conversation, those mists were then parted by a revenant striding forth towards them. It was definitely interesting to witness some in the party discover the pits in the ground by accident, but they seemed to take it well, I think. So next up, I'm going to take you through the map, or well, the maps for this encounter that will be alongside the card in this new pack I'm developing. It's not the actual map I made for the campaign, but a new one I've created on Incarnate. My very first one there, actually. And hopefully you'll forgive any design issues with it, as it's been a steep learning curve for me coming off of Dungeon Painter Studio. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see the maps come up on your screen. And if you listen to this on Apple or Spotify and so on, there'll be links to the maps in the description. So maybe pull them up as we talk through them. So in the first map, you'll see the track, the spooky looking trees, which with thick webbing may well reveal some heavy spider issues within. This track leading up to a bridge over the stream, 
you can look at this map and set it up as you like with the creature or even creatures if you prefer to use more than one. Uh, approaching from the bridge or maybe crawling from the water or even whirling round from behind the trees in the closest, uh, the closest bank. And that's the terrain on which this encounter will play out. You can decide the setup in advance or in the moment, but always have in mind the second battle map, which I'll show to you now. Now, as I touched on before, there's more than one map you can use for this encounter. This second one shows a number of pits dug into the earth. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how I've got on with Incarnate here. I tried to add layers of darkness in the holes to give the impression of depth. But anyway, in this map you can see the location of the pits, and this is where it gets tricky. See, when I played out this encounter on Roll20 during lockdown, I had these holes pre-made in the GM layer, and so when the party members indicated that they wanted to move forward, I could then see if the path they took led them into one of the holes. If it did, I'd then reveal the holes by switching them from the GM layer to the token layer, a reveal which caused some eyebrow raising indeed. But I'd recommend if you're using the maps online, you just use the first map for the players and keep the second one as your own, and then just reference them both. Or if you prefer online, you can do as I did and add the holes to the GM layer in advance. Okay, so with all this set up, let's get into the hook of this encounter. Oak. So I guess with the hook, given that this is the first openly obvious combat encounter I've talked about in this podcast, it might be helpful if we clear the air with a brief chat about running combat whilst protecting and encouraging player agency. I talk about this in Wenger's Guide to Random Encounters. Player agency, in short, is the idea that the players need to feel that their decisions really matter, that they have the agency, the freedom to make choices that will lead to perceivable changes in the world around their characters. If you don't foster player agency, you'd be as well sitting there as a DM or GM and reading the players a book. So here we have what's obviously a combat scenario. It must be that, right? Because we've interrupted the party's travel and laid out before the players a pre-prepared battle map. And when it comes down to player agency, you shouldn't feel guilty about that, about lacing your game with a mix of encounters that includes combat, particularly if the players have told you in session zero and beyond that they want to experience it. I mean, in general terms, if players didn't want combat, they wouldn't rock up to the table brandishing character sheets packed with stat blocks, weapons and spells, right? Here's the thing about player agency. You might have a scene that suggests a hook into a combat situation. You might see the players ready their dice and their stats, shifting in their seats as they sense a change in the narrative flow. But it's combat and eventuality. As I talk about in the guide, if you preface this type of situation with some chat about things like distance, balance, surprise, alternatives, it gives the players options to explore instead of feeling that they've got no option to fight. Maybe not every time, but definitely consistent with the moment and with the motivations of the creature or creatures before the party. So here we have something appear, a dangerous menacing creature. We also have an escape route through the trees. We also have the ability to retreat back along the track with the fog and the potential that the creature itself, even though it might just have been placed there by whatever's controlling it, hasn't yet seen the party. And we have therefore a chance for the players to look at their skills and by the actions of the characters, decide whether to go headfirst into a fight or to try and work out what's really going on, whether a fight could be avoided in some way. 
And once you have our choices, you look at what the creature might do in response, what's consistent with his goals right now, and you flow from there. So there might be a fight, but equally, there might be a chase down the track or through the woods and its spiders and whatnot. Or there might be an attempt at placating this creature or creatures. Or if there's a surprise involved, maybe there's a chance to hide or do something else. But hey, let's say it's a fight. As I've said, when it comes to a hook, there ain't much needed here. As with most combat situations, you'd very easily put any old creature in the path of the party and make it work. But I think, for me at least, it needs to have a bit more than that. When it comes to choosing the party foe or foes in this situation, there are a few things you can think through to make sure that the prospect of spending some time in combat will be really enticing for the players. And again, this is what I've talked about a fair bit elsewhere. The idea that for random encounters to really help you out whilst ramping up the fun for the players, they need to tick some boxes. Box one is balance. If the difficulty presented by this creature or creatures is one that's immediately noticeable as neither too great nor too little, and if it looks as though mechanically, therefore, it's going to prove a juicy challenge for the party, then box ticked. And adding to this approach of balanced mechanics is the idea of the creature or creatures providing a challenge directly related to one or more in the party. And this can work in two ways. You could provide a challenge that exposes the party's disadvantages. For example, a lack of range by having flying creatures. Or alternatively, you could give the party an opportunity to shine by choosing a creature vulnerable to the character's particular skills. Box two is relevance. An encounter pulled randomly from a deck or a table may well have the potential of lacking relevance. But if that deck or table is relevant to the setting, and you have in mind the already the type of creature that wouldn't look out of place in that setting, then again, box ticked. So no sharks in the middle of the woods, maybe. Unless, of course, it's a Sharknado, which every player in the multiverse should have the delight in facing at some point. But yeah, if the creature doesn't look out of place, if it fits the theme and the feeling of the setting in the module or homebrew campaign you're running, then it'll make more sense to the players. And also in the relevant point, having a foe related to the party's members is something to think about. The idea of presenting a creature pertinent to one in the party's backstory, for example, if a PC is fearful of werewolves given a horrific family past with them. Hmm. I wonder what would happen if the challenge in this map was a bunch of werewolves. And box number three is all about uniqueness. So everyone thinks about goblins being standard fare for random encounters, right? But what if you changed one or two things about them? What if these ones exploded on death and were able to climb on each other and attack in stacks or had weird dark magics at their fingertips? One of the easiest things you can do to make your creatures more interesting for the players, more likely to hook them in and make them really sit up and take notice in combat scenarios, is to switch up bits and pieces to make them more memorable. You can homebrew your own unique creatures, of course, but if you don't have the time or lack the confidence to come up with something new all the time that's going to work, reskinning something existing will always have a great chance of entertaining your players. So there's your hook. Think about these three boxes, balance, relevance, uniqueness. Think about, as I've been yapping about in the other episodes, how the encounter will be presented. Not how it's going to play out, only how it's presented. So think about what the party will see, hear, feel. Think about the element of surprise, 
the potential for combat avoidance. For me, in the midst of running Cursor Strad, Barovia is pretty easy when it comes to random encounters. In this situation, I used a Revenant, but if you'll be running Strads, then you could just as easily pull out some ghouls or Strad zombies or even a vampire spawn or two and have the missed part to reveal them planted there by the big fella to toy with the party. And there you go, job done. Now sit back and run with how the players react. Conflict. So for this encounter, we have a number of obvious conflicts. First, the creature or creatures you've presented to the party, because it's prowess so challenging to the party. Second, maybe the party's on a clock and needs to get across this bridge, not only in one piece, but pronto. For example, to reach town before dark. But this creature has other ideas. Third, the unknown. In other words, maybe the party's never encountered this type of creature before, and so it needs to learn quickly how to overcome it. But fourth, and I think most delightful of all, is the conflict provided by the terrain itself. In my campaign, I had strads cast a form of hallucinatory terrain on the area. And so, unknown to the party, we had a situation where they saw what they had to face, they saw how to get to it, but what they didn't see or even anticipate, perhaps, was that the terrain that they were running across was actually covering another terrain altogether. And so the pits, which Strad's minions had dug in advance, essentially because he knew the party was coming, and in our campaign, he knew that travelling with the party was Irina, who bore the soul of his beloved Tatjana. Because the campaign's still ongoing, I don't want to ruin it for my players by going deeper into what else was happening here, but suffice to say that Strad was in control of the Revenant the party faced, a Revenant that ticked the boxes for balance, relevance and uniqueness, and which appeared through the mists as Strad dissolved into the air. So when the first character in the party strode forward to meet this foe head-on as it fixed to attack, and as the player traced the intended movement of his character across the map, I was able to stop him there and present this conflict, this huge pit under the blanket of illusion which, given a failed save, led to the character tumbling down and sustaining the first damage in the battle. I love using terrain like this in combat. To me, if you're able to surprise your players by providing conflict, not only in the creatures the party faces, but also in the terrain on which the battle takes place, this in itself can make the experience unforgettable. Here, as soon as the first character falls down into a pit, what do you think happens? Yep, everyone sits up and thinks, oh boy, we're going to need to tread carefully. You'll find the players moving their characters across the map very trepidatiously indeed, feeling their way like they're in the dark, poking holes in the earth to check that there's no more pits in the direction they move. And all the while, we have this creature or creatures to fight, who weirdly know exactly where the pits have been dug and move around the area accordingly, seeking to entrap the characters. And the great thing about these illusion magics is that you can choose how they apply. So when one of the characters falls down a pit, does the pit appear to everyone else? Or do they just watch as their fellow party member strides forward and simply sinks into the earth out of sight? Trust me, you can have a lot of fun with this. And of course, the conflict and challenge it creates is very likely to ensure that your fun is also shared by the players. Resolution. Okay, so how does this one resolve? 
The easy part is to look at who's alive at the end, after all the fun's been had. Unless anything's interrupted the battle, you should end up with a victor and a vanquished. But that's the easy part. If you think about the resolution just a bit more deeply though, here's where you have the opportunity to layer the end of this encounter, just as you've done with the terrain. See, you and I know that whatever it is you've presented to the party, well, it's not acting of its own volition, right? Someone, or something, is controlling or motivating it, maybe even against its wishes or as a result of a charm or two. In my campaign, I had Strad appear to the party before this encounter happened. I need a foreshadowy conversation that helped slay some foundation for the road ahead. But maybe, to end this encounter, you could have him appear, or whoever or whatever's designed this situation and who's been watching it all unfold at a safe distance. So just as the battle ends and the party catches its breath, the fog around the party begins to swirl around it, a dark figure appearing from nowhere, slowly clapping his hands. And this by far is my favourite approach for ending one encounter and moving on to the next. As I've said elsewhere, just as the players sit back in their chairs, just as they reach for their drink and their crisps and their character sheets to top up how their characters look after the fight, this is when you can whip them right back into focus mode and keep their hearts pumping. You shouldn't do this every encounter, of course, as otherwise it would be expected. But now and again, adding to the end of the encounter something to think about, something urgent or in their face, can really help maintain the player's immersion in what's going on. Twist. So here, you can have something or someone appear, someone vampiric perhaps, and you can switch the players immediately from battle strategy to social intrigue. And as an added bit of fun, whether or not you choose to bring to the scene Lord Strad or your controlling mind or whatever or whoever else you, you like. As the card suggests, maybe you can think again about this terrain. I mean, I guess you could end up coming across as a bit underhand doing this as a DM or GM, but if the party doesn't do anything to please this person or thing in control of the encounter, what's to stop you adding a third layer to the terrain? It's your job to throw conflict in the party's face, right? And to remain consistent in following through in the villain's dark motivations. So if it's their goal to play havoc with the party, to drain its resources, to sap its confidence, to make it realise the depth of the challenge it faces. If this villain had the ability to create one illusion, is it too large a step to suggest another even greater illusion could be on the cards? And so here's where you can get creative. The players begin to relax. What if the ground below reveals itself to be crumbling islands amid pools of poisonous liquids? or a sinkhole that moves to entrap the party as it spots something long and toothy, slowly burrowing its way through the earth towards it? Or what if this controlling NPC has sufficient prowess to create the party's entire surroundings as a comprehensive illusion, like the holodeck and the Enterprise? And the very air around the party begins to bleed, its skin peeling away to reveal a freshly horrific scene in its place. I mean, you don't have to be evil, but hey, Shocking the players when they least expect it could be fun, right? And so there goes Watch Your Step. As I said before, you won't be seeing this encounter in the Vengers Realm deck, but instead it'll be within this new mini deck and map pack, which I hope to finish pretty soon. Keep an eye out for it, and I'll let you know once it's out there. As a double-decker patron at patreon.com forward slash Vengers decks, you'll have instant access to that pack, 
but otherwise you'll be able to pick it up along with the others at vengersdex.com. Next episode though, I'd love to feature your encounter. So please, if you've got one up your sleeve, a premise for a cool encounter you'd love to see me explore in an episode and feature on the deck, as you've seen in earlier episodes, hit me up at Vengers Decks, or yeah, join the Vengers Realm Discord server again linked here, and we can pull it all together into one card. Meantime, it would mean the absolute world if you could subscribe to this thing, particularly on YouTube if you want to take part in this Full Works giveaway. And if you could help me make some noise by sharing and retweeting and reviewing this online, I'd appreciate it so much. So if you're finding some value in this, be sure to pay it forward to those around you. And remember that 100 subscriber giveaway on YouTube. If you're subscribing, please remember to flick the switch so I can see your name, as otherwise you'll end up with the prisoner number six, just another number. And I won't be able to roll you up and pick you out as a winner. As always, I'd love to thank my outstanding patrons for joining this growing community on Patreon. This support's absolutely vital to nudge me on, to help me afford the costs to put this out there for you. And most importantly for me, it's something I hope my patrons get some real value in themselves. So please, as usual, from the very bottom of my heart, thank you so much for watching, listening, sharing, liking and subscribing. Watch out for the next episode coming soon. Thanks also for being a part of this and have a great day.